Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Coming up on NBA Today, LeBron out tonight versus the Suns. What oh. that means for the Lakers' playoff <laughs> hopes. And with Brooklyn firmly locked into the play-in, does one of our analysts think the Nets can actually win the East? Plus, the elite of the elite. Only five players can make all NBA first team. So which five are going to make the cut? That debate is coming up shortly. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome into NBA Today presented by Credit Karma. What a show we have for you today despite Richard Jefferson being here because tonight there are, get this Richard, 11 clinching scenarios in play. So wow. over the course of the next 60 minutes, we're going to fill you in on all 11 of those and so much more. I'm Malika Andrews, joined alongside Chinea Gumake, Richard Jefferson, and Zach Lowe. But hey. we're going to start, hi Zach, we're going to start though with some news out of the desert, all right? So let's do it. If you're a Lakers fan, the news I'm about to share with you, it is not going to make you thrilled. LeBron, he is out tonight in a massive game for the Lakers postseason chances. The team announcing not even an hour ago that he'll be resting to nurse the left ankle sprain that he has. Now, LeBron also sat out Sunday's loss to Denver. LA season hanging on by a thread as they take on a team with the NBA's best record. So let's go to the desert for more. We're now joined by our ESPN NBA reporter who covers the Lakers, Dave McMenamin. Dave, without LeBron, what's at stake for the Lakers tonight? Well, Malika, this could be it. It could be elimination night for the Lakers. The magic number is two. Any combination of Laker losses and San Antonio wins down the stretch here means the Lakers are out of play in tournament contention. The Lakers will have Anthony Davis in the lineup tonight. He vowed to play on that right midfoot sprain down the stretch here, and he gave them a chance against the Nuggets on Sunday. That was only uh, you know, a one-point game headed into the fourth quarter before Nikola Jokic took over. Frank Vogel claims that his guys are still playing with a pure spirit and a collective mindset of trying to do whatever they can to pull a rabbit out of the hat here, but you're playing the best team in the NBA in the Suns in an arena where you're down 40 last time you played here. Right, and good spirit is all good and well, but it needs to translate to wins, right? As for the Suns, their postseason plans are secure. They have home court advantage throughout the entire playoffs. So what are they playing for tonight? Malika, it could be a really big night for the Suns franchise. Uh, they need one win, which on the table tonight against this Lakers team, to set the franchise record for wins in the season, mm. beating Barkley's Suns in 92-93, beating Steve Nash's Suns in 2004-2005. They failed the last two chances to do so on the road against Memphis, against Oklahoma City, so they already have that kind of stuck in their crawl, wanting to get back up to their standard of Suns basketball. And a Suns source told me this morning that only adding fuel to that motivation are Anthony Davis's comments, comments for about a month ago, where he <laughs> said, looking back at last year in the first round of the playoffs, that the Suns know it and we know it, that they got away with one by beating 
an injury-riddled Lakers team when the Lakers were up 2-1 in the first round. So put all that in a pot and stir it around. You could see a Suns team with a, really a point to prove tonight because not only did they beat the Lakers last year, they can bury him again this year uh, by winning tonight. Oof, macaroni in a pot. That is going to be an interesting game. Thank you so much, Dave. We'll see you on SportsCenter at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. All right, I do want to talk about some of those clinching scenarios that Dave mentioned because those teams, they are battling for play in tournament in the West. The Pelicans, they can clinch with a win or a Lakers loss. And they face the Kings in Sacramento. And remember, they are 1-2 and two against them this season. Now, the Spurs, they can clinch with a win against the Nuggets and a Lakers loss. But remember, they are playing without DeJounte Murray. And San Antonio is 1-2 and two against Denver this season. And the Lakers, they face the Suns in Phoenix. We already mentioned it. If they lose and the Spurs beat the Nuggets, game over. Lakers officially eliminated from playing contention. So let's just keep this one really simple. True Please. or false, the Lakers get eliminated tonight. Zach, starting with you. Sometimes hope just brings pain. I think for all of our mental health, yours, mine, LeBron's, everyone in Los Angeles, just pretend that the Lakers are already eliminated because it's not happening. They have like a 1% chance of getting months. into the play-in at this point. It's over. Just let, let's just move on because it's going to take a miracle. And the LeBron not playing, I think, signals what the Lakers and what LeBron believes their chances of pulling off a miracle are. So I'll just say true because if it ain't tonight, it could be tomorrow or the next day. So I'll just go true. Okay, so I'm going to agree with a lot because the Lakers have been, we, we said it on air, they are DNR, do not resuscitate. You said they it have, first. I said it first. Hey, thank you. No big deal. <laughs> we got some other stuff we're going to talk about later too, but thank you. One thing that's key here is I think this is less indicative of Bron. Bron was coming back a little early to try, you know, right. to try the ankle and then plays 40 minutes on a bum ankle at 37 years old and gave 38 points, but you can see in that fourth quarter, he just kind of ran out of gas. So at the end of the day, I think this is less about Bron wanting to play and he tried to come back early pushed it too hard I think he's still going to play in more games this right. season regardless of what happens tonight but he wants to be on that floor but 40 minutes in that game that right. to me is the thing that probably set them down against this game and then uh, the, the Denver game and the uh, Suns game well the scoring title is still up for grabs for LeBron but Frank Vogel said this to me he said that if this was the middle of the season he probably could have uh, benefited right from having another two ish games with this sort of injury True or false, Janae? Only true or false. True. Yes. True. Yes, and you did it. I think, you know, the phrase that's been going around with the Lakers, you're proud of me, Richard Jefferson, for so making a proud. decision. Thank you so much. If someone shows you who they are, believe them. And they've shown us that this team has not been able to put it together, whether it is the lack of health, you know, not having all-stars available on the floor or the lack of chemistry or the lack of defense. They've shown us who they are. We believe that at this point, AD played what he had 28-9 last time out versus Denver and still lost. And so you're going up without LeBron, who mind you is tied or at least leading the NBA in scoring and now you're in a situation where Devin Booker could be back it's a road game and Devin Booker has averaged 35 and 5 in his last times he's played so yeah the Suns and this is what I'll lastly say as someone who plays for Los Angeles sports team currently everyone wants to get it in and try to make sure they lose you know knock you off while you're on your high horse you know especially when you're the Lakers in a franchise that has competition you know championship aspirations and so I feel like you know Phoenix they're going to look at this like oh we have an opportunity to really shut down their season in a way that we are extremely motivated I look to them to come out victorious because we haven't seen much of the otherwise what their Richard? season has been over for months
The season's been over for months. They know it, and this is no disrespect. They just don't have any continuity. It's hard enough to win a championship when everything is moving in your direction. Listen, like Milwaukee Bucks, all these teams that are good, Phoenix Suns. Mm -hmm. It's still going to be extremely hard. If you have nothing moving in the right direction and injuries and all this other stuff, it is damn near impossible as Lakers and, and other teams are showing us. All right, so since everyone on this panel eliminated the Lakers, I, let's move on. Thank we're gonna God. Move on. Thank we're God. Wasn't it a 3% chance yesterday? Right, and now it's, you know. Yeah, all, right. all right, the remaining storylines, <laughs> that's what I want to move on to for the final week of the season because we're already there. The final week. Chanae, starting with you, the one storyline you're keeping the closest eye on this week is what? I think it's how players finish, especially when it comes to the MVP race. And it's Woo! been so much fun. How I, you can tell, like, after games, guys are like, what he have? All right, I'm going to try to outdo you. Joel Embiid has a lot to say about his performance, saying that, hey, I feel like people hate me. No one hates you, but the fact is, is that the competition has risen. And you look at Jokic, I mean, we're just seeing his clips. That man is a one-man offensive wrecking ball, taking on the entire NBA and entire defenses on his own. And then, of course, you have Giannis. Of course, you know, I mean, he just wakes up and just drops 40 okay. and 15 and gets buckets. And so I I think this MVP race is going to come down to the final game available, that final impression, mm -hmm. and then it will be interesting to see what people vote because I want to vote. You know, I'm like, let me get a vote. No, let me get no, a vote. Then I'll no, give my take. No, no, you can't vote if you can't make a decision on TV. Like, no, I will make a decision when I have a vote because then I'll have the are you gonna tell to people? tell you. And this is my thing. I want to talk about all of the awards, for the most part, there's only one award currently right now that I think people believe in is the shoe-in, and that is the sixth man of the year. But we got Scotty Barnes, and we've got Evan Mobley. Those, to me, Evan Mobley was the rookie of the year. Scotty Barnes has come on strong. Now, Evan Mobley got hurt three games ago, or four games ago, excuse me, and the Cavs have dropped three out of four, pushing them out of uh, contention, or they're pushing them into the play-in. So ultimately, that is also still showing the importance of Evan Mobley to everything that the Cavs have done. I think Scotty Barnes, I think Evan Mobley, these guys are by far the two. I know they can't go Jason Kidd. had a great second half. Yeah, we're not talking about a team that's <laughs> five. No, because the difference for it. a rookie, and I was a rookie that was very fortunate to be on a playoff team, right. the expectations and the pressure is far different. That being said, could we can't get a Jason Kidd, Grant Hill, we're two rookie of the years. I'm still going to lean towards Evan Mobley, but this last week is going to be big for Scotty Barnes. Didn't you tell Scotty yesterday that, that you he was your guy? Yeah. I right. never that's said those words. That. I said, if I had a vote, Scotty, and that's why if I, I had a vote, I never said his name. Sorry, Love you, Scotty, though. All right, Zach, what's your biggest storyline? Look at the players on the panel focusing on individual awards and individual glory. Let me bring it back to the team level. Oh. I'm interested in the Nets, who are currently 10th in the East, and you can bet Miami at one, the teams at two, three, and four, they're looking down at Brooklyn saying, huh, 10th. I wonder, they have the tiebreaker over Atlanta. They have a super easy schedule. Can they get back into the 7-8 game of the play-in tournament to at least raise the possibility maybe they could be 7th instead of 8th? Right now, all they could be is 8th. So I'm looking at Brooklyn because they I don't look. I know they've struggled defensively. They've got injury issues with Seth Curry. Ben Simmons is MIA. All of that. None of these teams, if they have their druthers, want to see KD and Kyrie with a day of rest at least in between each game. So I'm looking at Brooklyn down the stretch these next four games. Can they get back into that 7-8 game to kind of cloud where they might end up assuming they make the playoffs because 
No matter what you think of them, with those two guys, they are dangerous, and nobody is excited about playing them. All right, if you're taking the bottom of the East, then my storyline that I'm watching for the remainder of this regular season is going to be the top of the East because the top four seeds, they are separated by just two and a half games. So Miami's still the number one seed. Then you got the Celtics, the Bucks, and the 76ers. The Bucks and the 76ers, they have the exact same record, but the Bucks have the tiebreakers. If somehow the Bucks fall to four, that means in the second round, they'd be facing the Miami Heat. Um, so, I mean, what what is happening here? What is going to be shaking out? Are we gonna are we going to see the 76ers make it through to the to the end just based on their path? Like this is wild to me. I am curious how that seeding shakes out. Marcus Smart said it yesterday. He says he feels like it's his refrigerator. He goes, he checks, everything's still the same. He doesn't want any <laughs> snack. He closes it. He goes, he checks. Oh, a new snack has appeared. Like that's how he is Sounds thinking like about this. He's checking this all the time. All right, still ahead. Okay. Though. I cannot. Okay. No, not, it doesn't sound, okay. like something, wow. doesn't sound like something. It definitely sounds wow. like Perk. Sorry, Perk. We love you. All right, okay. still ahead, though, on NBA Today, WNBA MVP Lisa Leslie. She joins us to pick her NBA MVP. Is it Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, someone else? Plus, between the Lakers, the Knicks, and some other teams, who's the most disappointing team this season? That's going to be discussed. And a couple of unreal point guards taking their talents to the play-in. Who has the best chance of going on a deep run? All of that and more. Keep it locked on NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. And in part by MLB The Show 22, rated E for everyone. Welcome back to NBA Today. I now have the pleasure of introducing an absolute basketball legend. She's a two-time champion, three-time MVP, four-time Olympic gold medal. I mean, just <laughs> light work. It's Lisa Leslie. Thank you so much for stopping by NBA Today. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm Everyone's, so happy to be here. I mean, Everyone is so excited that you're in studio right now. And I know you're busy, so I appreciate you making the time. Just tell us what you're up to lately. Malika, I'm so excited to be here. First off, thank you and congratulations to you, girl power. Uh, but for me, I also am using my girl powers. I have launched uh, a, the first national all black owned wow. real estate um, brokerage. It's called Aston Rose, and I've partnered with some amazing co-founders, Tommy Rose, Rod Watson, and Rob Hyde, and we are both just so excited to be able to do this nationally. Uh, I've been a realtor, which most people don't know, for the last six years licensed, and I've been an investor ever since my first paycheck from the WNBA. Wow. And so to have this opportunity to be in luxury, to be able to communicate with other celebrities and entertainers and help them to invest their money, and to be able to regenerate those dollars in our community, I'm really excited to have this opportunity uh, and awesome. can't wait to take over the world. That's amazing. <laughs> we're we're going to have to talk off mic after the show. For sure. You know, I got what, you. What, what we're doing here. But you were also, let's, let's talk a little bit of hoops, right? Yeah. You, you were also part of the WNBA's inaugural season. It was 25 years ago. It's hard to believe. What's the biggest change that you've seen in the league since then? 
Oh, I think the support. Just mm. obviously the two things I would say, probably talent first. The talent has been amazing. Uh, obviously we were talented when we played and when it started, but we had teams that were, you had two and three all-stars and then maybe we had a lot more role players, a person who was just a shooter, a person who was just a defender. Today's game completely changed. Mm. I mean, these the skills of all of these players, whether it's the ball handling, whether it's the shooting, whether it's the distance. I mean, people are in their range when they cross half court. So let's just be yeah. honest that the game and the product that's out there on the court is so amazing, but this sponsorship as well as the support from people. And here's where I say social media has been an amazing help, right? Because it's helped to grow the game. The pandemic did not hurt mm. because it allowed people who were sitting at home and tuning in that had never tuned in before to really fall in love with the WNBA. So yeah. we are so happy with the state of the game. We're very happy with the product that's being put out there. And we're even more happier with all of these corporate sponsors who are putting their dollars behind women. And the fans who are showing up to watch these women play incredible basketball. And it's at the WNBA level, certainly, but we also are seeing it at the college level, too. Yes. And you're close with Dawn Staley, right? And she just entered some very rare ter territory, clinching her second NCAA title. And she was also the swaggiest coach on the sideline. Ever. My goodness. <laughs> can, she, can she build the next college dynasty here? Absolutely. When you look at what Dawn Staley has come from, my, my roommate, ever since I was 16 years old, she's always been an amazing leader, a floor general as a player, and then obviously on the USA Olympic team, we've shared gold medals, but to see her on this stage leading these young women, the passion that she has about it, the spiritual aspect that she's always bringing to them, the positive level as a female, as a black female, as a coach, being paid and honored with the amount of money that she deserves to have, she's built uh, a dynasty. I think mm. it will continue. A lot of players will continue to go to South Carolina because you want to be coached by her. And the fact that she just took down, I mean, to be Gina or Emma in the 11-0, that was huge on that stage. So I personally am so proud of Dawn Staley, but what she's building there in South Carolina Nothing short of amazing. And those roommate days, they were they were good. Oh, good it roommate? was good. Well, she's are a little the, picky now. Oh, I was gonna know. say, I was, who's the messy one? Because there's always one. Well, both of us are very neat, but she's like, she always tells my husband she made me a better wife because she's like, there's <laughs> water right here and there's a piece of hair. Like, come back in the bathroom, clean it up. I'm like, Dawn, calm down. But she's just so amazing, a great person off the court. So I'm so happy for her. Congratulations, Dawn. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was that roommate. I was the one that's like, um, excuse me, there is one piece of yeah. hair and you're gonna come. <laughs> You gotta come in here and that. I do want to know though. Do you, do you want to play a game with us here on NBA Today? Oh, let's do it. Right, I'm all about competition. All right. We're gonna I gotta go tell you, Marika, though. I'm very competitive. Oh, girl, then good thing we're on the same team for this one. <laughs> we're going up against Chanae and Richard Jefferson. So we're gonna walk on over here and we're gonna play a little bit of a game we like to call Chop It or Drop Sorry, It. Sorry, I have to hug my sis. Hey! You wanna come over here and let them be? Not uh, even no. a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna hang with Lisa. Sorry, Chanae. Sorry. <laughs> it's all, all right. Good. This is how Chop It or Drop It works. Okay. If you wanna talk about it, you say we're gonna chop it. If you don't wanna talk about it, you say we're gonna drop it. It. Got it. Topic, go. All right, first up, the race for the NBA MVP. It is as tight as we've seen. Caesar Sportsbook says Nikola Jokic is going to win it. So, Lisa, chop it or drop it? Oh, we got to chop that. All right. Let's go. What, what, what you it. got? What do you think? Well, Nikola, obviously, he's done such a great job. He could possibly win MVP back-to-back -back with the 26, 27 points, 14 rebounds. But here's the deal, folks. Eight assists, the big yeah. man with the footwork mm. on the inside. But listen, we cannot leave 
leave out Giannis. Excuse me. Yes. Giannis is on the inside, and I just came from a Nets Giannis game where he took over and the overtime. Uh, I guess you said Nets Giannis. Hit a three. Yeah, hit a big three. That was yeah. it. It was Nets it, it, versus Giannis. Giannis. <laughs> it hit a big three. Middleton was kicked out, and Giannis Bro. was like, I got it. Bro, yeah. the three-pointer. Yeah. And the free throw. So for me, uh, Giannis at 30, averaging 30 points, as well as we know that Embiid's averaging 30. Thank you. Anything on Embiid? Embiid's amazing also at 30 points on the inside. He's finally this put together a full season. I have a follow-up. Yeah. How do you feel seeing centers lead the conversation for MVP? Because you are <laughs> center extraordinaire. Hey, I feel great because yeah. I'm like, listen, we get away from the big man, big woman game on the inside. Get the ball inside. But this is what I love. All those players know where to go when the money resides. And they Ooh, go to the, the paint. All these big guys who want to stay outside and shoot three-pointers, bro, you're not getting the cash flow. You're not getting the win. No, they get money. the money resides. All right, let's go on to the next topic, the Lakers. Biggest disappointment oh in God. the NBA, chop it or drop it. Not to you, Richard. Listen, don't be disrespectful with my Lakers. Yeah. We win championships, city of Inglewood, so we're going to go ahead and drop that All right. and let it ride. All right, drop <laughs> it down and letting it ride. All right, the Nets are the 10th seed in the East, but they have the second shortest odds to win the conference. KD can lead the Nets to the finals. Chop it or drop it. Let's chop it up because you got my boy Kyrie back out there. They're going to get their, their, their chemistry together. But listen, KD is a baller. That dude, his jumpers from all over the court, he's a scorer, and nobody wants to see them. Trust me, nobody wants to see them. I don't care what seed they're in. No, yeah. today, no one's sitting there going, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm really looking forward to playing the uh, No one wants to play them. They're like the biggest, you know, sleeper, I guess you can say. But how can you sleep on Kevin Durant? Yeah. In the eighth position? What? No one wants to play the Nets. No, absolutely no one wants to play the Nets. Last but certainly, what are you doing? You. Certainly not least, Lisa. True or false? Okay. You once dropped a hundred points in a high school game. False. Okay. Correct. I actually, that's false. I dropped a hundred and one points. Oh, oh, One. So Wilt's the only pro to do it 60 years ago. We're never going to see someone drop 100 again. Waller. Right. All right. Always repping. Chopping yeah. it or dropping it. What Shout do you out think? Dorsey. Like it? Yeah, let's chop it Shout up. Shout out Cypress. Yeah. 100 <laughs> points. That's going to be tough to do. But what players do you guys think that could actually score 101, 100 points in a game in the NBA? Mm. It would take a team. It's almost about the team that you're playing. I mean, I would say Devin Booker because he had 70. I'm surprised that KD just got his career. Wasn't it like 55? Right. That was his so career. Where? You know. Okay, how about how about uh, Steph Curry or, or Clay Thompson? If, he, uh, if if Coach Steve Kerr lets them live, a lot of times he lets them sit. He yeah. lets them sit when they're hot. Uh, Let them play. They have the ability. A hundred is oh, a I lot. Got you. That's just for you and the goat. That's just for you and the goat. Like, like, said, Kobe's me, the reason why. Like, it was a hundred and one. It takes a points. different mindset to get to Fast. that. Yeah, it takes a different mindset. Fast. Lisa Leslie, thank you so much for joining us Thanks here on NBA. Hey. On air. Bro, no, I won't. Still ahead on NBA today, Zach Lowe on why John Morant isn't isn't even sniffing his first team All NBA ballot. What? All right, good thing Perk isn't here. Plus, between Kyrie, Trey, Lamelo, Gar. Garland, some elite point guards in the play-in, which is most likely to propel their team to a deep run. And Giannis Antetokounmpo has one thing and one thing only in mind to go back to back. So are the Bucks getting their respect? NBA Today rolls on after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. So we took a look at the Western Conference play-in earlier in the show. So now let's take a look at the East, the teams. They're virtually set with Cleveland in seventh, Atlanta in eighth, followed by Charlotte and Brooklyn. So the Nets, they have four games remaining. You can see them here, okay? They host Houston tonight and then the Knicks tomorrow on ESPN before finishing the season with road games in both Cleveland and Indiana. So after starting the season with the best odds to win the title, it's possible that Brooklyn will need to win back-to-back games in the play-in to even get into the playoffs at all. So here's Kyrie Irving earlier today on if the Nets' expectations have changed due to their seeding. You know, we, we're in it for the long run, so we, we're just going to play free and, and do everything we can to prepare for this uh, playing tournament, whatever it is. I've never been in a situation like this where uh, late in the season, all these games matter. You know, usually you're just trying to fine-tune your game, you know, just work on details, and, you know, get some rest. Um, but I've been playing 40, 40 minutes for the you know, end of the season. It's the first probably few times in my career, even when I think about my first three years in Cleveland, when we, <laughs> we were not winning as many games um, towards the end of the season, there, there still wasn't as much pressure. So this is, this is one of those things that makes it fun as a competitor. And, you know, it gives you something to play for. All right, so Kyrie and the Nets, they can't clinch anything tonight, but there are some clinching scenarios for some of the East play-in teams. So the Cavs are locked into a play-in game with a loss to the Magic and a Raptors win against the Hawks. If Toronto wins that game, the Hawks are locked into a play-in game. So a whole lot shaken out here, a lot to get to with these teams in the East, in the play-in, but we're gonna start with Brooklyn. And we are talking about this on our planning meeting earlier today, so I quickly just wanna go through these scenarios a little bit. Assuming the Nets get through the play-in, how would they fare in a seven-game series versus the East top team? So I just wanna go one by one here. So I'm gonna start Nets versus Heat. How would they fare? Heat and six. Nets versus Celtics. Celtics and seven. Nets versus 76ers. Nets and six. Nets versus Bucks. Bucks and six. Bucks and six? So you've got the Nets in one outcome versus the 76ers. Yes, congratulations. Okay, <laughs> but can you expand on why? Well, I, I look at all of these teams. When I look at the balance of these teams, I think the 76ers have the most kind of questions of those three teams. Now, uh, when I look at Boston, I think it would be very, very close. Not having uh, Williams to possibly start the, the, the postseason would be very difficult. The Bucks, they're a monster. They're, they're an you absolute said, That's monster. why I was surprised you said it's six games. Well, because I respect Kevin Durant and I respect Absolutely. Kyrie, but the rest of their squad, and this is no disrespect to the rest of the squad, they're not as evenly balanced as some of these other teams. And they haven't been pushing it. They're still working on chemistry issues. They got 
30 million dollars that just in in Ben Simmons that have just decided he's not going to play go to in lunch. the plan. Yeah. So at, at that time you're like there's a lot missing from their team and so they're not getting swept. They're too great. They're too good. Most of these games I think are six and seven which could go either way but they would not be favored in any of these unless you're talking about Vegas trying to get money from people. Okay so that's the net situation. Let's go on to the Hawks because they've won five straight. They're currently the eighth seed. So can this team replicate what they did last year in their Eastern Conference Finals run? Today? Yeah, in the eighth seed, I think it's going to be really difficult because they sort of snuck up on people and they were playing their best basketball at the right time. And my goodness, we had, you know, the ice tray, which was amazing. But if you look at the East, those top four teams, they really know who they are. They have identities. Um, I look at the Bucks, and, you know, they have no question. They just are rinse and repeat with how they're playing. You look at the Heat, I love, I mean, they're, I think they're number one in points off of the bench. Half of them come from Tyler Hero. But right. Help in the postseason. Also, their top five um, defensive team, and then Celtics—they've had the best defense in the NBA so far this season, based Ooh, on how they turn things cool. around. What a video. So far, you know, ever since it's been January 1, 2022. So you look at the top; it's going to be so much harder for any team to sort of insert themselves, especially in a year where teams got better. Mm. All right, so that leaves two teams that we haven't talked about in the play-in, Zach. And since you're Mr. Deep Cut, who should we talk about <laughs> and why? Well, first of all, nobody uses the phrase no disrespect as liberally and effectively as Richard Jefferson. No disrespect. No disrespect intended. Second of all, look, you give me the deep cut teams. Charlotte is a show. Mm -hmm. Like, they can yes. score against anybody. With Gordon Hayward healthy, they can put out five wing lineups where they can switch everything. I just don't have any faith that they're going to be able to defend or rebound well enough to beat any of these teams and really push them that hard in a seven-game series. Cleveland, if, if they get Mobley and Allen back, and that's a big if, particularly in Allen's case, they at least have a defense that they can go into any game and say, we can get you into a rock fight. Maybe you have a cold shooting night. Maybe we get a few extra threes from Market, and maybe Garland blows up, and all of a sudden Ooh. we're 2-2 after four games because our defense brings it every game. But ultimately, I don't see either of these teams doing real damage in the playoffs, which is a shame because Cleveland, if they were healthy, with even going back to Rubio healthy, mm. is, is an interesting, interesting team having added Levert, but the injuries have piled up for them. Zach, when you're looking at these two young who are you more excited about between the Cavaliers and Charlotte? Uh, no disrespect to the Hornets, <laughs> but I'd have to go with the Cavs because because Darius Garland is already an all-star. Jared Allen just made the all-star team, and Evan Mobley may end up being the best player of all three of them. I think I, I would actually bet on him being the best player in all three of them. He's a superstar in waiting. He's the most important foundational piece, so I'd go with Cleveland. Really exciting stuff going on in Cleveland. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with that. When you look at the Cavaliers and the Hornets, both of them have very young all-stars point guards. So you're looking at LaMelo Ball. You're, lo you're looking at Darius Garland. But Darius Garland, the way he runs his team and the units that are around him, mm. that is a much better you know, situation. There's an identity there. Identity, especially when you're talking about for the next five to six years, that Cleveland team has all the opportunity. And let's be real. If Evan Mobley takes that jump, and look, Jared Allen, I'm not saying anything negative, with all due respect, like, oh, that could put them in a position to make and possibly fill out their rosters with other players. I'm just, I love that roster. I love what J.B. Bickerstaff is doing up there. I was going to say, they're an incredibly well-coached team. No disrespect to any other coach out there, but <laughs> he is in the conversation, certainly, for Coach of the Year. All right, speaking of who's got next, still ahead on NBA Today, one of the men that you're about to see pictured is about to make some 
major news on our air. That's coming up next. Which player and what is he announcing? Find out next. Ooh, nice, nice note. Really? Don't ever do that again. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The draft at Barclays Center tonight marks the start of a new season. Thanks for being with us. Kobe Bryant. LeBron James has an NBA body. Your whole life. This moment has been the goal, and my favorite part is that you get to celebrate with those who have supported you. Well, look ahead to the future. The NBA draft is going to take place on June 23rd at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And our next guest may be looking to have his name called that night. We are joined now by one of the best point guards in college basketball, Tennessee freshman Kennedy Chandler. Kennedy, thank you so much for joining us on NBA Today. And you were named second team All-SEC and to the All-Freshman team after averaging nearly 14 points, five assists, and more than two steals per game. But... I understand you have some news you'd like to share with us today? Yes. You know, first, thank y'all for having me on the show. Yeah. And, you know, this has always been a lifelong dream of mine. Um, first, you know, I think my dad, without him, um, I don't know where I'd be today. Second, you know, I think my mom, my trainers, my coaches, all I think Ball Nation, Coach Barnes for bringing me to the program and bringing me to his arm and welcoming me to the program. And with that being said, all I know, I'll be entering the 2022 NBA draft and hiring Ryan Davis as my agent. Wow, congratulations. That is incredible. What led to your decision to enter this year's NBA draft? This decision was tough, honestly. Um, I had talked to my family about it. Um, I talked to Coach Barnes about it as well, and we felt it was the best decision for me, and this has always been a lifelong dream of mine. How do you think your one year at Tennessee playing in the SEC, how did that prepare you for the league? Uh, they, Coach Barnes had prepared me very well since I ended up step foot on campus my mm-hmm. in the summertime. And he's always, you know, pushed me to be the best player I could be. And I know going to Tennessee that he's hard as point guard, but he pushed on to be the best player he could be. You have close relationships, I know, with John Morant, Trey Young. What, what have you learned from them and how have they impacted your game? Uh, yeah, I got I got a very close relationship with John and Trey. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I could do is ask them any question I have with any part of the basketball game, and I know that helped me along the way. And knowing that they're right there, that I'm close to my dream, I know that helped me along with that as well. Absolutely, and they're two young stars in this league who you can certainly learn a lot from. Kennedy, congratulations declaring for the NBA draft. Thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. We will see you at the draft. Thank you for having me. Of course. With you guys Thank together you playing at your full potential, how dangerous are you? Very dangerous. Definitely scary. To win it! Everybody is just resilient. 
Rosen for the win. Got it again to Martin Rosen. I love you. The Bulls, they were one of the best teams in the NBA prior to the All-Star break. In fact, they led the league in field goal percentage and had the fourth best offense. But it's been a rough go since the break. They are just 7-12, and 12, and their offense, it has plummeted to 26th in the NBA. For more on the Bulls, we continue our home court advantage series with ABC7 Chicago sports anchor and reporter Dion Miller. Thanks so much for joining us, Dion. Really appreciate it. And we just looked at it. It's been a tale of two different seasons for the Bulls, right? As someone who's covered them very closely, what's plagued them the most here? Well, most importantly, their inability to beat teams with a winning record. Mm. It has been a brutal 0-17 this season, and that, of course, includes three losses to the Bucks. And I went back this morning, I was like, what, what is it? Why are they struggling so badly, especially against a team like Milwaukee? And it was about a month ago that the Bucks were here at the United Center. The Bulls were down 22. They rally, take the lead by seven, and Milwaukee says, okay, we're going to lock in, and they're able to exercise their will, and they win by six. The Bulls have been saying, we're going to lock in and play with urgency in before, during, after games for a month and a half, and they've just not been able sure. to do it. And you showed that graphic about how at the first half of the year, how much they, how much success they were having, and a lot of it was DeMar DeRozan having the best season of his life, but also they were just, they were cruising along, and it felt like they were showing us a version of themselves that, injuries aside, they quite literally could not sustain, and it just proves that they're not there yet. They're not ready to compete at the highest level. So we cover them from afar, but you live it every single day. So what's the feeling in Chicago about how successful the Bulls can be in this playoffs. I honestly think, Malika, they, uh, there's an understanding in the city that they are properly cast as a five seed right now, and that is okay. I mean, they're still going through a transition. Remember, it's been only two years under Arturis Karnaschovas, and what's amazing to me is that, Malika, you've been in this city. For 20 years, everyone clamored for the ousting of the front office of Gar Foreman and John Paxson, and now Arturis comes in two years in, and already he's gained the trust of this city. They did precious little at the trade deadline during a season when they were near first place in the East, and nobody freaked out because we trust him. We believe him. He's built a team that has the talent and the chemistry that can eventually compete. And he's made them relevant again. I mean, in a city where you have the history of Michael Jordan, all that Bulls fans want is to be in the conversation. And I think they have a sincere hope that eventually they'll lead that conversation. They're just still learning how to win and play at the highest level. It certainly seems like once they get a little bit of experience under their belt, maybe a sprinkling of luck and then also continued health, it seems like this is going to be a team that we're going to be watching in the playoffs for years to come. Dion, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Chicago, they clinch a playoff spot with a win or a Cleveland loss. Our Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that the Bulls will likely be without Zach Levine versus the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Still ahead, though, on NBA Today, every day on the show, we talk about legit contenders vying for the Larry O'Brien. So should the Bucks be the favorites? We dive into that next. Yes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
You're watching NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. All right, here are some other clinching scenarios around the league tonight. Denver, they clinch a playoff spot with a win and a Timberwolves loss. Utah also clinches a playoff spot with a win and a Minnesota loss. The Raptors, you can see it there. They clinch with a win and a Cavs loss. And then the Bucks, they can clinch a division title with a win. So, speaking of the Bucks, no. They're no longer the sexy 60-win team that sits atop of the Eastern Conference. They're not necessarily the number one seed that, seed that every team is chasing or the group that gets the most national headlines every day. But make no mistake, this is how the Bucks get you. They sneak up on you and then they hit their stride at just the right moment as they get in position to pounce. Let this be the moment where we tell you that we're all about to start talking a whole lot more about the Milwaukee Bucks. Dominating the NBA conversation this season, the litany of Lakers losses, the constant questions about Kyrie, Ben Simmons' status, but nestled between dad jokes. Why did the Orange lose the race? He ran out of juice. <laughs> and finals-esque blocks is Giannis Attentacumbo. I think we fly under the radar a little bit just because we're Milwaukee. <laughs> nobody, nobody really cares about us, even when we won the championship. Well, it's about time we talk about the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. After a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Chris, you did it, huh? You did it. They started the season a pedestrian 8-8 eight and, eight and headed into the break as the middling fifth seed. But then, the Bucks got healthy and have soared to the top of the Eastern Conference standings. And what better time of year to be hitting your stride? Because for a guy who's won Defensive Player of the Year, a player who has won MVP twice and claims he doesn't even know who's in the race this year, by the way, Giannis, you're in it. And it's due in part to a clutch performance against Joel Embiid in the 76ers. A little MVP magic to end it. And two nights later. Step back three for the top. Got it. Giannis ties the game and becomes the Bucks all-time For a superstar like that, there's one thing he covets above all else, another championship. And that's the messed up part about my brain, you know, that we just did it. Like, we did it a couple hours ago, and I'm already thinking about how can I do it again. Who could forget the first one? Throws it up for eight. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. This building is shaking. Knocked away and stolen by Holiday. And Antetokounmpo throws it down. It was the kind of breakthrough performance that makes you believe a repeat run could be in store. So forget what you heard or what you didn't in the regular season. The Bucks are here to redirect the discourse when it matters most. I'm a champion. I'm a champion. My city's a champion. And you can see the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo in Chicago tonight take on the Bulls right here on ESPN at 8 Eastern. A special one-hour NBA countdown gets it all started at 7 Eastern. 
So before we go to break, I want to give some shine to the MBA Foundation. Today, the foundation announced 40 new grants totaling $11 million to organizations that are creating employment opportunities, furthering career advancement, and driving greater economic empowerment for black youth throughout the United States and Canada. So congratulations to all the recipients. When we return in just 60 seconds, first team All-NBA, just five spots. Our panel picks their five when we return. And spoiler alert, this one will be hotly debated. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. All right, we took you through all of tonight's clinching scenarios, but there's something else that is not going to be settled tonight. Who will make it to the first team All-NBA? So before we get into this, for those watching at home, All-NBA, it's the end of season award given to the best players at each of their positions. So there's the first team, the second team, third team All-NBA. In total, it's 15 players, two guards, two forwards, one center on each team. But this is where it gets kind of tricky because let's say you vote for... Embiid, right? First team center. That means that Jokic is going to be voted in at forward or he's going to be on second team. But if you put him in at forward, then are you putting Jason Tatum in as a guard? Voters are going to be splitting hairs here as several worthy contenders put out unbelievable bodies of work. So the financial implications also, they're huge because this is how the league determines who's eligible for the Supermax. And so, bonuses. Yeah, I'm just getting out of the way here. Zach, only five names can be chosen. Your first team, all NBA, includes who? The three locks, I'm putting Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. I'm going to vote one of Jokic and Embiid as a forward because, let's face it, these have been the three best players all year. I'm putting them on first team. That leaves two guard spots and a bunch of names that I haven't decided yet, but you got Luka, Tatum's eligible at guard, Morant, Booker, Curry, some guy named LeBron. That's at least six guys Man, for two spots. That. We haven't even mentioned Trey Young, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Brad. on and on. I'm probably leaning to Luca, Tatum, or Booker, but I Luka, haven't decided yet. Tatum. Okay, I'll actually narrow it down because my team is very similar to Zach's because we're very analytical, analytically minded. So of course, of course, I've got Giannis, I've got Joel, um, and I've got Jokic as my three. And I think you're the putting position, two of them in as forwards. Yes, correct. Okay. And then I'm gonna have Booker in as my first team. Uh huh. And then of course I will also have Luca. So Jason Tatum is not going to be on your first team All-NBA. And I just like the consistency that Devin Booker has had. And I would like to honor in a category where we may not say most valuable player. And, you know, here I would like to honor how he's been, you know, the output, uh, you know, scoring output for the best team in the NBA by record. All so. right, Richard. Luka Why do you look so confused? No, no, but, I'm not well, confused. This is I'm upset. Keep going. Be upset. Okay, <laughs> this is not an emotional situation here. Just stay with me here. I think John Morant is not on when you look at his team. Is on 20, any of the three? Not on the first team. We're okay. only talking about first team. That's what the little graphic says. So 20 and two, <laughs> 20 and two without him. So like, I'm sorry, Ja is a stud. He was in the MVP race. He's Missed gone. 22 games. Same yes. as LeBron James. Yes, LeBron James ain't even close to being on that. Even I though he's a scoring leader, which is yeah, wild. Yeah, that, that's fine. But it's really Luca, and the reason why I put Luca on it is because Luca does everything for his team. When you look up, it is 30, it is 15, it is 12. Like it is. A across all boards like he is their team and the second okay. best player on this team 
I don't even know how to give you an example. Now, the the, <laughs> the, reason, the reason why I have the final spot for Devin Booker is okay. because so he does need to be rewarded for being putting up those numbers on a team that is by far so the best team in the league. But yes. this is I just what said, makes cute. it tricky. This is what makes it tricky because, again, if you do it this way, then, again, Jason Tatum, who That's, has been in the same sort of mirroring what Luka Doncic is doing in the Eastern Conference, is, he's not going to make first team. But maybe more This help. is why it should just be the 15 Luka, best players. Luka. Positionless. No. Make it positionless. The 15 far. best players should make all NBA. Ain't no point blank period. We'll see Luka you tomorrow. NFL Live is coming up next. More.